Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Vinny. Hi, Kathy. Hi, all you Road to Growth listeners. Uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for being a, a part of uh, this journey of us hearing more about uh, Kathy and uh, her road to, I guess, being a coach and being an author. Thank you, Kathy, for being here. Thanks, Benny. It's great to be here. Looking forward to interacting with your community. All right. So this is a question that I, I always ask when, as soon as I get a coach on. Um, what? Because and maybe it's me because I'm in this field and I get so many coaches reaching out to me and kind of getting on the show. What separates you from other coaches? I think one of the big things is for a lot of people, they've decided they're going to be a coach and they go take some certification programs and this and that, but haven't necessarily lived the processes that they're trying to walk people through. And I found that a lot too, when I was working in financial planning that when people have no experience going through the processes and going through those times in life, it's really hard to get into their mindset and really kind of pinpoint those points that they're really, really needing to focus on unless you've kind of walked in their shoes and know where they've been and kind of have felt that journey as you're going through that process. So, so that's one of the big things that I've gone through a few big life changes myself, going through major career changes, going through divorce, single parents, just, all the different things that have come up and I've, you know, live and learn. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, no, definitely. I mean, it, it, it's, I think it's very difficult to have uh, book knowledge compared to life knowledge. And there is a difference of where you can push the, I guess the boundaries sometimes on doing things or it says you got to do it this way. So yeah, definitely having that first hand experience uh, can take you a long way. And especially right now, the main focus of my business right now is helping women to go through major transitions in their life. And a big focus is those women that are in different corporate jobs or fields, they're, they're banging their head against the wall with their jobs day in, day out. And they, they really just hate where they're at, but don't feel that they've got options or they just don't know where to begin next. And so, I mean, I've just come out of that whole thing. This is the second time I've done a major career change. And so being in that and being in that feeling of you're in a job, you've got all the salary and the benefits and those things that people tell you you should, you know, value and stick with. But if in your heart, you know, you're in the wrong place and you know that really that stress and that anxiety and all those things are just piling up and wearing you down. Somehow you've got to just make that big decision and make that leap of faith. Now, you talked about it already. You uh, were raised by a single parent. Was it? Oh, no, your I am a single parent. Oh, you are. Oh, you are a single parent. Okay, <laughs> yeah. okay. You are a single parent. Okay. Yeah. So uh, single parent, walk us through basically your childhood then. Was it, uh, where'd you grow up? How was that? Well, when I was a kid, my family actually moved around a lot. So my dad was an engineer and I, I live in, I'm Canadian and, but I have lived in Nebraska. So basically when I was a kid, I lived born in a small town in BC, moved into a province, into Alberta, down to Nebraska, back to Alberta, up to the Northwest Territories. For anyone that might know, it's really far north and back down to Alberta, into BC. So 
I never lived anywhere more than four years. That was like my last bit of high school was actually was there for four years. So I was used to that, that change and having to kind of figure out where you are and reinvent yourself from there. Mm-hmm. And even then, you know, then moving on, leaving, finishing high school, going to university, going on that process it kind of came naturally to me because I was so used to starting over again and, you know, reestablishing friend groups, reestablishing routines. So I guess in a way it's kind of prepared me for doing the whole entrepreneurship thing and helping other people go through transitions. There's, I guess things I take for granted since I've spent my whole life doing them. <laughs> so, so after school, what field did you jump into? My degree is actually in biology. Okay. I'll like to say that I've actually been a biologist since, the age of three. When I was little, I used to always come home with pockets full of worms and collections of pretty much any kind of creature you could imagine. I had a little zoo going on in my bedroom most of my life. I was just fascinated with, with life and different types of life. And, and as I went through and finished my degree, I actually ended up going into genetics. And I think a lot of that was that kind of basic curiosity about life and kind of the magic behind it. Uh, so, yeah, so my background is a little different in that. And, and I actually ended up making and people often say, well, how did you go from biology to where you're at now? And so uh, I guess it's been over 10 years now that I was at a time in my marriage when things were not going well. And it was an extremely toxic situation I was in. I had two kids. They're both teenagers. As we know, with teenagers, they can go one way or the other. They're either angels and busy doing stuff or things aren't good and they go the other way. And I could just really tell that my kids were going in the wrong direction. And my toxic relationship with my husband obviously was feeding into their behavior. So I realized that for for me to help them, I have to get us all out of this situation. So going through that whole process of recognizing, okay, we need to leave. How do we do this? But then also recognizing at that time, the place I was working was also a very toxic environment. It was very, the doctor I worked under was very dominating, didn't like anyone making any progress. It was just like, sit down, do your job, shut up. And when you've got a lot of people working there that are intelligent, curious people, that environment doesn't really work very well. So at that point, I decided, okay, I need to make a major career change as well as my marriage situation. And that was when I realized that I'm a people person and my job working in genetics was very much uh, in the lab, not really seeing people, that sort of thing. So I recognize I need to be in a role where I am helping people, where I am in contact with people. And at that time, a lot of my friends were also going through divorce and major changes and just noticing that a lot of women were having trouble getting the advice that they needed to make big financial decisions at that time. And so that's what drew me to financial planning originally was that feeling of I'm going to help these ladies understand their options and make good choices that will impact the rest of their life and their kids' lives, too. And so... When you're talking about the transition, so you know your your relationship is not going well. It's affecting your children. You know your job, your your business, your company that you're working with is not going well, and it's pretty hard. I mean, I've had a lot of people here that have started new when they're leaving a relationship, leaving a, a partnership. Right there, some people like a band aid, jump it off. Some people plan it out for a couple months and then transition out. And same thing with the company, they transition it out or just jump. 
But to do both at the similar time, that had to be very difficult. Did you have a, a decision, I'm going to do this first and do this, or was it both at the same time? Or what was that transition like? Um, well, a big part of it was at that point when I realized I just had to make the marriage change for my kids. Mm. And then it became part of that process going from there, recognizing, okay, the job that I've got right now isn't going to suit me going through this transition and into that next chapter of my life that I want to create. So the career change kind of came as a consequence of dealing with the process of going through the divorce and separation and, you know, selling the house, moving somewhere else, that whole process that goes along with breaking up a 25 year marriage. So, so really the career change was part of the, the mental processing that came along with that. So just recognizing, okay, what are the tools? What are the pieces I need to put together to actually create that next step in my life? And in the books that I've done so far, I've got four books that are out. So I've got a fifth one coming out this summer, but the, especially the first one was a really, I really focused on that part of my story about where I was in the marriage, the toxic situation we were in, and then that process going out of that. And one of the things I really focused on that is just drilled into my head, I actually had this little kind of uh, line that I would say to myself sometimes. It just came, I don't even know where it came from. It just came out of the back of my head somewhere. But literally, I would say to myself, chin up, keep moving. Hmm. When you're Sometimes there's just nothing else to hold on to. You're just in that situation where everything's going sideways everything's I, I kind of describe it like i threw my life up in the air and just recreated it as it fell <laughs> so chin up keep moving that was my I, sometimes i would just say it in my head over and over sometimes i would say it out loud just to kind of ground myself you know get that direction back and just keep on going and I mean, that's sort of the, the, the name of my company, Inspired Tenacity, really came from that because I recognized that for to make a big change, we have to first have that inspiration of something's got to happen and what do I want to happen? But then we need that courage and that tenacity to just keep going. And so that's where that my the name of my company came from was that whole time in my life where get that inspiration and then just keep at it, get that tenacity going. So you, you knew you didn't want to be part of the old company. You didn't want, you don't, you knew you didn't want that. You knew you didn't want to be part of the old relationship. Did you know what you wanted or was it more so I want to be away from that and now I just have to figure out what it is on the go? from the relationship part it was more around i just know i have to get away from this and i have to get my kids out of this because again you know as a parent and a role model you want to be role modeling what you want them to look towards as a grown-up not to be role modeling parents fighting and everything not not okay so so with the relationship part it was more i know i have to get out of this and just start all over again whatever that looks like when i get there when I was going through the career change part of it, at that point, it was more of a thoughtful process of, okay, what do I need in place? What are the things that, you know, again, going back to when I went into biology to start with, I've always been a biologist. I knew that I loved that field, but the job that came with it was kind of where I ended up after school. So not necessarily a, oh, that's my ideal job that I always want to have. So being in a position where I'm now thinking, okay, what do I actually want from a job 
and realizing, okay, I want to be of service. I want to be helping people. I want to be in direct contact with those people. And, and one of the things that brings me the most joy is seeing other people feel that success, feel that, okay, I get that now, or okay, this has really changed something for me. So, so with the career change, it really was more of a thoughtful process of, okay, this is what I need to create. What's the best way to do it? And at that point in my mind, financial planning came to my head. Did you have, I mean, I guess from the sale, you probably had some money put away. Did you have a income coming through so you could start your business in that financial planning sector? Because that's uh, a correct? Yes, it was 100% commission. Yeah. And of course, a huge learning curve with all sorts of different trainings and certifications and things that you have to accomplish along the way. Luckily, I did have some extra funds from the sale of my house that I could at least live off of for a while while I was building up that business. So that, that was a good thing. And But kind of the process that I've gone through lately now moving into the business I'm in, my Inspired Tenacity business, where I'm actually helping women go through their own transitions, that came as being a financial planner for, like I said, about a decade. I recognized that I wasn't having the impact on people, like actually changing their life and helping their situation and really making a change in people's reality. I just felt that I wasn't having that as a financial planner. You tend to be in that corporate role. You're doing as you're expected to do within that corporation. So not really giving people the deeper information about how do you actually change something in your life? Where do we go from here? So, so that was one of my big pushes to now move out of that corporate role into my own company was now that now I can actually take the best of all of that. So I can take my knowledge around finances. I can take my knowledge around life transitions and my knowledge. I've done also trainings now with uh, groups like Bob Proctor and Jack Canfield and other, you know, thought leaders and success leaders. And so now I can incorporate all that information into my programs that I'm running to help people actually make big changes and understand you know, those mindsets and those paradigms and those other internal messages that are actually the things that are having an impact on our success and whether we're changing or not changing. Because I would often find as a financial planner, I could give those people all the information they needed to change their life financially, but most people wouldn't change anything really. They might start a savings program. They might tweak things here and there. But as far as a big change, if they'd grown up with that mindset of there's never enough money, I always have to work so hard. Things are, you know, just that, that, that mindset that things just aren't ever going to work for them. I'm always broke. I can't pay the bills, things like that. Those mindsets, unless you can change those mindsets, you'll keep coming right back to doing the same things you've been doing before. So, well, talking about change and changing the mindset, I mean, transitioning again, going back to your story, transitioning from salary to commission, yes. <laughs> right? There, That's a tough I mean, one, yeah. It's it's not always as easy as it is cracked up to be. I mean, being no, in the real yeah. estate field, I mean, yes. I do some coaching for new agents and right. it can take a couple of months before oh, yes. they get the first paycheck Anything, longer. Yeah. Right. And so was there a moment that you go, I want to go back to a salary position or a hourly position and not stress out so much? 
and I think that's again one of those points where that whole chin up, keep moving part yeah. has to come in. Because yes, it's I think that's very natural that when you're having those down months or a slow month, or like you said at the very beginning when there just is no income, that yes, in the back and especially having other people too telling you, oh, what were you doing leaving that job? What do you mean you left a salary and all these benefits and everything else? Definitely, there's times when you think, oh my God, what did I do? How do I go backwards? <laughs> I, and yet you look at the calendar and you think, oh, well, this used to be payday <laughs> <laughs> or or with stat holidays. Right. When people have everybody else is getting paid for their holiday and it's like, oh, I guess I'm not getting paid for my holiday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Exactly. Definitely. There's times when your brain says, oh, what have you done? So you just really have to bring yourself back to why you did it in the first place and why you're on this journey and and focusing towards the future rather than kind of reflecting back over what things used to be because or just reminding yourself of why you left in the first place. Did were you really good at um, refining your why or was it kind of an idea, a glimmer of what a why is or what your why is? And then over time paint a better picture of that wire. What did that look like? Cause in those down ones, like you just said, I mean, you need that why to push yeah. you through and pull you to the next step and the next stage. And then before you know it, you're slowly getting up that mountain. I mean, for your own, why was it, was it pretty defined or is it building over time? Well, it's definitely evolved over time. So again, if we go back to when I was in the middle of leaving the marriage and that, my why at that point was just safety, just to get the kids and myself out of this situation into something else. So that that why was so focused and so like you couldn't get around that one. Whereas going into the next phase, so looking at career change, both of the career changes that I've done, those whys definitely were a little more or bigger concepts of of what is it I want to do next and why am I making this next change? And I, I think it's really important for us to focus on those things and to understand them, but at the same time, allow them to change because I, from what, from my experience, what we thought was our why when we first really start setting it, we'll find later is only part of it. And the real why is deeper and deeper than what we really thought it was. So, so I think having that why, yes, definitely we need that to, again, stick with it, keep focused on that goal, but allow yourself to also refine it and allow it to evolve as you have a better understanding of your situation and as your situation changes as well. Well, also too, probably uh, um, that why you need basically a support system around you. You need people that are going to say yeah. it's you're you're, yeah. you're good I mean, like you said for a moment there that you had people asking you why do you make this change why yes. do you do this and that that probably was a little deflating in those moments did you keep, oh, yeah. those people, keep those people around you or did you have to find new new friends new network of people um with a lot of them it did turn into um uh, you evolve into different circles of people as you recognize the importance of the people you hang around with you know, again, going back to when the kids were little, you tend to hang around with other parents and people as, you know, kids go to school with your kids. And so not as much actually consciously thinking about who am I hanging out with? Whereas, yes, definitely as I moved into this process where I knew that I really needed to be surrounded by people that understood the journey and surrounded by people that 
recognize that you can't just hang out in the same space all the time. Sometimes you have to make a big change. And so, and, and kind of looking where I'm at right now, that's a, another huge part of why I started my company, Inspired Tenacity, because I recognize that women going through this kind of big change, they need a community of supportive people who understand and are willing to let them vent when they need to vent, give them support when they need, you know, help with, hey, how do I do this? Or what did you do when you, this happened? And and so I am 100% on board with the idea that the people that we surround ourselves with, the people we listen to and take those thoughts into our own are so critical to our success. How, As a coach, right, how do you walk that line of, of sharing your journey and helping your journey, help your client's journey get forward, but also being careful not to use the baggage, right? The, the negative of maybe one situation um, and not putting that on base of your client. Does that make right. sense? Yes. Yes. And I, and again, going back to the fact that half the time we're not a, even aware of that baggage we're dragging behind us or the messages that we're bringing with it. Mm -hmm. So yes, I've learned those lessons as well, that it's so important to be listening to those thoughts in your head, but, evaluating which ones are the ones that you need to actually pay attention to and which are the ones that you should be minimizing, which are the ones you want to be you know, amplifying. And, and a big part of being a coach as well is that listening part and really listening to what that other person is saying and what their messages are that they're bringing out and really helping to point that out for them. And so to be more of a sounding board than a, so I'm not putting my stuff on them, but I'm helping reflect what they're saying to me. And because I, quite often you'll find that you don't even realize what you're really saying until somebody mirrors it back to you or kind of or rephrases it for you or tries to clarify what you're really getting at. So, so yes, that's definitely a very fine line of keeping my own baggage to myself and working on it myself while I'm also helping others work on theirs. If, if your younger self, the one before she wanted to make the change, she knew the relationship was not right for her. She knew the job wasn't right for her, but she maybe there, she felt something deep down, wanted to make a change possibly. Yeah. I mean, how do you think you would have, have handled that as a coach for your younger self, getting them to the realization that they needed a change? Well, I think a big part, especially when you're in a situation like that, it tends to be very overwhelming, sort of mm -hmm. overwhelming emotionally and you can't think straight and you're you're in almost like a tornado of thoughts and emotions and caught up in that. So I think one of the first things that a coach really needs to do is to help that person recognize where they're at and to give them tools to slow that down a bit, slow down that tornado and be able to pick out, okay, this is what's going on here. This is what's going on there. Because quite often we'll get caught in that tornado of all those things going on in our life and we get stuck. We're just caught in the, the eye of the storm that we just can't break out of it. And so having somebody or having a community that's there to allow you to slow down and break apart those things that are just flying around your head. I think it's one of the most critical first steps to anyone 
making that change or recognizing that they want to make that change. What's what's that process look like? Is it basically diarrhea of the mouth, just like me just <laughs> saying everything to you and saying emotions, building a list of of what's going on in my life? I and mean, what does that process look like? I always like to start more from the angle of what do you want your life to be looking like? Okay. And then reflecting back on what it is looking like right now and then comparing those things and working on ways, okay, how can we change this? And so with the women I'm working with, they're either say they're again in a, a job they don't like, in a relationship they don't like, in a lifestyle they don't like, but it doesn't always involve throwing everything to the wind and starting over. Quite often it's a process of, again, reflecting on what do you want this to look like? And in most cases there was something before this that you actually liked. So how do we get back to that? And what was it about that previous situation that you actually did like? So I, I'm, I'm always very focused on looking at what do you want? It's so easy to get dragged into, like you say, venting and just verbal diarrhea about everything that's wrong. But that often doesn't get us very far. Hmm. Whereas if we'll actually think about, okay, what do I want it to look like? What is the ideal situation I want to move towards and then start that process of adjusting or again, sometimes you do have to throw it all, just throw it up in the air and start over again. But sometimes you don't, sometimes it's just a matter of reminding yourself what you really loved about that person or that job or that situation you were in. So, so in every situation, it is a different process, but again, I, I really like to keep it focused on what do you want? Because so many of us don't even know. We don't even know what we want. We know what we don't want. We know it makes us unhappy, but we don't actually know what we want. And if you stop and think about it, it's probably true for most people. What do you actually want? <laughs> what do you think has been one of the difficult things of starting your coaching business? I think one of the most difficult parts has been that whole process of the business side. For me, that, that's been the business side of actually figuring out all these, how to do all the online things and how to create videos and how to do this and how to do that. The, the programs and the working with people and the helping people to kind of move in a better direction, that part comes naturally. But it's all the business stuff and the technical stuff. And that's the stuff that bogs me down. <laughs> Have you found a, a partner or a company or is it you picking up the knowledge to to grow in those sectors? Like how, how are you overcoming those that hurdle? It's been a combination. So a lot of learning for myself. I mean, I think it is good to at least have an understanding of all the different things that need to go on. But I've also recently taken on a virtual assistant who's helping me a lot with Again, those website pieces and things like that, that just aren't, they would just take me way too long to figure out myself. And then I've also got someone that I've started working with who's going to be doing some article writing and, and helping me with some of my live events. So I've got someone there to technical backup and all that sort of thing. So I'm getting to the point now where I'm comfortable bringing in those other people helping me with stuff. But, but I think part of my personality has always been I'll just do this myself. And so it's it's almost part of my own process that I'm learning to actually allow myself to accept help 
and a lot and recognizing, okay, you can't be good at everything. Other people are better. Just let them do that. And you can do that. <laughs> Focus yeah, on your genius, right? That's, I think it's a very uh, difficult thing to do, especially for an entrepreneur. You know, someone that's saying, cause you're entrepreneur is a risk taker in essence for the most part. Right. And, uh, yeah, we've got you our need own to be idea. in control of your own journey. Exactly. We've all got our own idea of what it should look like. Yeah. And then, but trying to communicate that to other people so that they actually do it the way we want them to do it. <laughs> so I think it's a big process for a lot of entrepreneurs. And I, I think, and I'm sure a lot of guys are like this too, but especially I notice in women that a lot of us have spent so many years looking after everybody else mm -hmm. that just giving ourselves permission to accept help from somebody else or to accept that someone's going to look after us instead of us looking after everybody else. I think it, it, it's also a huge part of this process that women go through just trying to allow themselves to live a life that they enjoy living and allow themselves to accept that help. Do you think that's one of the, the bigger hurdles that most women deal with, uh, entrepreneur women deal with, is the idea of... Oh, yes, yes. Okay. Allowing, giving ourselves permission. And the huge one is that worthiness, that are you worthy of success? Are you worthy for people paying you the amount that you'll actually need to survive? Those things are so whether it's a cultural, I mean, obviously our culture plays into all these different things that we do in our lives, but, but yes, the things around permission and allowing and receiving and yes, so many women get caught up in those and the guilt, guilt is a huge one for a lot of women. Oh, if I take that help from that person, then what does that say about me or so uh, it's all a big thing, a process that we need to go through. And again, the community, I find, is the best way to get us through that. Reflecting, you know, being with other women that are going through a similar process, hearing how normal these different things are that we tend to blame ourselves for, and just allowing ourselves to go through the process together to come out the other end with what we actually want. What do we want? Yeah. <laughs> And now if if you could see yourself, see your business in, let's say, five years from now, what do you see the changes? What do you see the growth potential? And where do you see yourself in five years? Well, the mission of my company is that I'm creating a cycle of wealth and success among women around the world. So to me, what that really means is that I'm helping people, then they're helping people, then they're helping people. So it becomes this ripple effect of people, women helping women, helping women. And in my mind, as as women, helping women helps families and helping families helps communities. And, you know, again, it becomes this web of help and success that is my big goal. So five years from now, I see an international company that's having an impact on women all over the world in, in a way that just is empowering them to take hold of their life, to make big changes, and then to help others do the same. So that, that's a big focus of my business. And then to incorporate that process as well into different charities and nonprofits that then also help women. So some of these microfunding projects you've heard about, different programs that help women to get an education or start a different career. So, so again, just a whole cycle of creating success and wealth 
among women, thus families and communities all over the world. Well, thank you, Kathy, for for being on the the, the podcast. Uh, thank you for all your insight and and uh, I mean, thank you for kind of telling your story too. Appreciate that. Well, thank you for having me. It's been fun. I look forward to chatting some more. Yeah, definitely. And uh, anyone listening right now, if you're you know in a rut, uh, looking to make change, trying to find your path, uh, please reach out to Kathy. Her information is in the show notes. Uh, you said the best way to kind of stay up to date is through your LinkedIn page, right? LinkedIn is where I'm most active, yes. And so I've got all my up-to-date information there. You can just message me there. And there's also message tabs on my website. So things will get an email to me. So, but yeah, that'd be great. Well, thank you, Kathy. And uh, thank you again for everyone listening. Uh, please subscribe, please share, and uh, tell your friends. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.